You are now tuned in to the Free Play Media Podcast Network. Everybody, it's We Are Live. Hi. Do me a favor. I don't remember calling for you, Jada. Hi. Hey, Jada's here. She'll let you know. But I'm going to let you guys know about Presence Float Center. Use promo code WAL whenever you head in to get your float on. Right, Trav? Get your float on. That's right. <laughs> Very uh, relaxing experience. Jada, speak to the experience a little bit. Did you enjoy it when you went to Presence Float Center, got oh your my float gosh. on? I loved it. it I'm a huge fan. Necessary. I've been several times. It was. It was totally. We needed a break. We needed a family outing. We needed to do it. Right. And um, I actually was having, I had a really um, gnarly shoulder injury and a hip injury. And after that, it was way less painful to exist. Nice. <laughs> if that makes sense. It was really, 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 really nice. <laughs> I can't say enough good things uh, about Presence Float Center. Use promo code WAL right here. They're out in town and country. Right off of 40, you can go check them out. Let them know we sent you. Go see Chris and stroke his glorious beard at Presence Float Center. Hey, we got Jeff Jones in today. I can't decide if I'm glad or bummed that that sentence ended in beard. Like there were so many places for it to go. And beard? I don't know. I mean, I'm sure that it is a very good beard. Like and I'm jealous of men with good beards because mine is so very not good. No, it's <laughs> bad. It's, it's, no, it's as, bad. As the chief beard officer here at We Are Live, I concur. It's shitty. The thing is, I can't grow like a full goatee, right? Because the sides of my mouth and the middle do not connect. So I have the whole French waiter thing going on. Mm. Uh, and then even the beard hair is like weird, like do soft, you, fluffy. It's not good. Well, do you like get the, like, the Amish comparison a lot? All the time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, like... Oh my God, it's so real. Yeah. Oh, no. oh, I'm going to own this right now. As soon as, I, as soon as I say it, you're all going to see it. The celebrity people tell me I look like more than anyone else is Chaz Bono. Yes. Yeah, I see it. You've been in shape in your life. I have. Not you, in a long time. But not in at, a little at while. Points. Do you even at even, and I'm saying this too because I, I'll fluctuate and now I'm going on a couple of years of being out of shape. You always feel like you're the uh, the hot version of yourself inside. See the the, the dangerous <sighs> trap you have to avoid stepping in is you do the thing where you buy bigger clothes and think that you lost weight. That is like that is the really Ooh. dangerous. Like oh yeah, my clothes Good fit point. now. Yeah, you bought fat guy clothes, you idiot. Like that yeah. is the you know you have to make sure you don't fall down that hole. Yeah, that's a good point. Now the Chaz Bono thing. Like I want you to be the face oh, of yeah, our I know. podcast now. I want you to be the logo. I want his face <laughs> to be the logo. Could we get share? Share alive? I don't know. There's probably yeah, you know what? Is. There's probably she like is a totally alive. Oh, yeah. She's oh, on a rampage recently. Man, I hope Cher yeah. doesn't listen to weird. There's probably like a drag queen in town that does a share routine. We could like get me together. With that person, and we could have a whole thing going. If on. you enter Halloween share, soon, soon, okay, right? so August, September, yeah, October. Freaks, so, that's so can we people. can we say this right now? And I, I'm doing this. I literally talked to my uh, my back doctor the other day about it. I've got everything working in the right direction. Serious weight loss right around the corner. Started it with some diet stuff recently. Well, you've been hearing this for a couple of years, sure, so you're, no, you're yeah, allowed to look at me. Like, no, but you've no, no seen problem. me go from huge fat ass to super in shape, Ten and, years and ago. I kept it for yeah. two years. Mm-hmm. 
Kevin when you were shape. young and you had so let's faster say this. metabolism. So let's say, I did never have a fast metabolism, let's be honest. <laughs> with let's say this. Do we start next week getting hot for Halloween? Absolutely. But it depends on what you're going to be oh, for yeah. Halloween. Yeah, yeah, if my costume's going to make the call, fat. Right, I'm about to say exactly. If he's going as basically a chubby Kurt Warner, then he's absolutely already set. But it depends on what you plan on. So we need to make a decision, I guess, today yeah. on what we're going as for Halloween. Okay, uh, I already have mine planned. We plan a year in advance over okay. here. Oh, wow. Yeah, because I have to have the costume That's made, right. right? You go through you, you go through an actual costume designer. Yeah, I absolutely do. That's intense. It is. Well, I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to have a wedding. And proms no longer happen. So Halloween is my event of <laughs> the year. Naturally, of course. Halloween, yeah. of course. Halloween <laughs> is the thing that I do that I spend the money on where, well, money I don't have at this point. But um, when I did have a lot of money, right. it was like Halloween costume savings account. And then I have a prank savings account for when I pull pranks and I Naturally, have to repair of course. Okay. What, what are you, uh, a, a wacky elitist. character from a cartoon in 1988? <laughs> no, I'm just a Jada. <laughs> <laughs> you have a She's prank account. Jim Halpert, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I, he may have inspired me. had a prank budget. He, he had to. Oh, right. So you, wow, so you go all the way, so, do you, so you already have an idea, you're going to reveal it now, you're going to reveal it later. I can, I can do it now. Alright, here we go, boys and girls. Here on We Are Live, Jada's going to announce her costume for Halloween. So I have never gone. I I have not been um, in a relationship okay. around Halloween. Okay. Or if I was, I did not want to go as like um, you be this and I'll be this yeah, and we'll be together. Because you will be broken up. But by Alex and I, which I think this is fitting for who we are, and you all know him. Well, you don't yet. Jeff, I don't. But you will. Um, we're gonna go as Gomez and Morticia Adams. <laughs> nice. Now that works perfectly. <laughs> totally for you guys. works. Yeah, I think it's important to go with something that people like, like, uh, like people can relate to right. because they're gonna get the most excited if you pull it off. And then my mom, she, she last year she went as Uncle Fester, and like it. nailed it. So she had the light bulb in her mouth. She's she's a little bit rounder these right. days, and so we're gonna have her as a third. I like that. <laughs> it's close to the idea that Chris and I have come up with because of our present size. Uh -huh. uh, we're gonna go as Stanley and Phyllis from the office. Uh, so we're gonna be oh, Stanley. Yes, and I'm Chris so will be Phyllis. So, so I'm, I'm almost well, like, oh yeah, Chris. By the way, that's what we're doing. Oh my god. See, my my thought was that we <laughs> you should, are the best we should, Phyllis. We should totally do an office like group. That would be Halloween party. Yeah, well, we yeah we have a Halloween party, and then we uh, we uh, we do a broadcast in uh, in costume as well. No, I'll be Jim by then. Pal. You'll be Jim size by then. Oh, do it. Really? I will starve myself the entire then. month of October <laughs> just fantastic. so I don't have to be Phyllis. Well, I'm gonna not, be I'm gonna be fucking Kevin. Right? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. It. Sorry. Hang on, you, do you have a decent Kevin? Uh, I can cook chili. No, okay. I, don't, I don't know if I have. I don't know. If, I don't know if I have a Kevin no, though. No dumbass. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, I don't like. I don't do voices because the voices are all bad. I don't know. My thought was that we could all do uh, the kids from Willy Wonka, but after they've been punished, right? So Travis obviously uh, too is too much Eustace thought already. stuck in the in the in the dream. I was, <laughs> oh my gosh. I was gonna do Violet Beauregard. Great. Uh, I could totally be Veruga. Veruga? That was a hundred percent where I was I going. I want Golden Goose now, Daddy. <laughs> See, oh. See, now I understand why you have a Halloween budget because this is a brilliant idea, it's Jeff. So fun. This that is a brilliant idea. I will give you that. Oh. I don't. Yeah, I wish I knew what I wanted to be. What's sad for me is that when Halloween, like I only come up with my good ideas twenty four hours 
before Halloween, and I and I hate it, and I wish I had mm-hmm. the the thought process that you have in the organization because I do I really do admire when people do it right for Halloween, especially the adults. Right. Like I didn't I I never thought how much fun Holly Holly Halloween would be when we became adults. It was so much fun as a kid, but I didn't a- anticipate. And I think a lot of sitcoms have a lot to say about that. I know, obviously, The Office immediately comes to mind. Mm-hmm. They're great Halloween episodes. Is that now that when you see folks go all the way out and put in real effort, especially with pop culture references, yeah, I can see it being so a winner. So fun. Like, well, one year, I, I was Cersei one year, and then I went as Brilliant. Effie Trinket from um, Hunger Games. And then I did nice. Cersei again. And then the year before that, I did Marie Antoinette. And every year, I won a costume contest. But I didn't, it, when I got it, and I was like, great, yeah, I put a lot of money and effort into it. Of course I'm going to win this. Nobody cares. And yeah. No. But as, for you, Travis, we got your back this year. We can start planning now. As Marie we can Antoinette. create a budget. Did you figure out a way to make it look like your head was in a basket? Because that would have been dope. Like a seven foot tall headless person That's, next to your head in a basket? N- no, I wasn't dead Marie <sighs> Antoinette. I carried around cake all night. My dress was enormous. I couldn't fit through doors. <laughs> like it, it was a thing. But the point being is like planning. Travis, we got your back. Right. So, We're going to help you plan right now. Okay. And we will, we will, you will have trophies. Because I was thinking for your like, costume. Worst comes to worst. I was figuring Gaines, myself, and Chris goes as Khaleesi's Dragons. I'll so play a that, that could work. Scrap Morticia yeah. Adams. I'll play a Khaleesi. Right, just so I can yeah. get a hot blonde to ride my I was going to say, night. Travis is like, can I be the big one? Uh, yeah. Jada, hop on up. Yeah. This is odd. No, because weird. then I'm fucking Hodor again. Yeah. Like, I'm, like, Hodor's <laughs> so good. I like how Jeff it's so funny you think that we would invite you to this. No, yeah, that's true. Well, that's the Hodor. Like, I've never actually seen an episode of Game of Thrones, but I do do pop culture through osmosis. So isn't part of the Hodor thing that he just sort of follows around behind them? There's so he, he has a lot of dialogue. Hold on. And he's he's Hold got on. a hammer. I'll give him that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's walking around. So he'll, swing, he'll, he'll swing oh, okay. he'll swing a hammer. Okay. I was is it weird? I was pissed when I found out that was a prosthetic. I was like, Why? I thought that dude was packing and oh, he was showing you it really up. I really wanted him to have a I was like, good for you, <laughs> big fat weird guy. And would I was you like, ask oh, for man. a prosthetic, a prosthetic what? If you're in that scene, would you now obviously I guess on film you want it to appear just insane right or you're not ridiculous. gonna get like i mean i have i mean you would if you're going to do that scene for a guy you ask for the prosthetic for what i don't even know for the penis do you watch have you watched game of thrones yeah uh, there's a scene where have hodor, you watched game of thrones yeah he, he, okay hodor when he's uh it's like what season two or three season or four two, i think yeah he's, <laughs> he's like it's, it's brought up uh whenever the wildling lady that's with Bran and Rickon that kind of looks out for him. Uh-huh. Uh Hodor is like taking a bath or something by the river and he's he's packing and it, and it shows it. And it shows it she goes, "Oh, he's got giant's blood in him." <laughs> you know, like that. So that was <laughs> How a pretty did I miss that one? It was I a totally pretty big it. part of the uh Hodor storyline. Oh, I, I pun think, intended. I think though no, if you're doing if you're an actor, you don't you that's what the makeup department well, is for. Oh, you, totally. you that's the first email you send that morning before Make you guys me look go and shoot. Great. Exactly. So like, I've, I've heard Kevin Smith tell a story about doing a shoot where he had to wear a wetsuit and he got in it and he described himself as a fat egg with a pussy in a wetsuit. <laughs> 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 so he said he was cruising up and down like the craft service table looking for anything phallic to like shove in the wetsuit to, to fill himself out and then realized he was gonna be in the ocean and there were sharks and he didn't want to like take food into the right. ocean yeah, upon right. his strongest move. No, that's the absolute play. I know a shark would totally dig on a banana, right? 
Yeah, classic shark behavior. <laughs> classic sharks. Just bait them with tropical fruit. Yeah, that'd be kind of a weird shark too. That that'd be, be like that'd be like the shark be like, he ain't right, man. No, 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 no. <laughs> Literally, your son. Hey, hey, Bill the shark. Your son. He's kind of swimming a little. Loose. Oh, there goes Glenn the shark again. Mm, vegan season. Seriously, mm. I don't eat people. I don't eat people. <laughs> Like people alive. They have so many HMOs in people. I'm not. I don't want any of that. And I'm even gonna give up fruit because I don't do sugar. I'm like, oh, don't I'm care for. Gonna be for eating it. kelp. <laughs> well, boys and girls, by the way, today is National Lazy Day. How American is that? We're having a conversation. I don't need your fucking Cosmo bullet points today, Travis. Listen here, pal. It showed up on my Twitter feed, so someone has to talk about it. Naturally, National. Lazy day in America. How great is that? What are you guys doing to celebrate? Trying to get a work visa for to move out of the country. (laughs) The fact that we honor that is upsetting. I'm not surprised. I mean, it's if America has to give itself a day to get our asses out of bed. I feel like that's what we have to do. That's the that's where we are in our lives. We're like, ah, fuck it. What's today? Wednesday? No, it's National Cat Day, you son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, then I can complete this next eight to ten hours of of my work. Well, that's <laughs> the thing too. Like, you can't you can't start a project on Thursday. Like, it feels unnatural to start at the end of the week. You have to start it on Monday, right? So, oh, diet once starts gotten, Monday. Yeah. So once you're here today at this point in the day, like it's already it's Sunday night, right? It's already the fucking weekend. Like I'm I'm there. Like I'm done. There's no starting things on Thursday. It's crazy. It's How are you celebrating, true. Chris? Oh, wow. I mean, I just have to alter so many things <laughs> in my life. Uh, whew, I guess uh, I'll go swing by a QT and load up on the uh, cheap donuts after 3 o'clock. Yumbledore. Yeah. Yeah. There What's we go. the laziest shit you've ever done? Me? There, I feel like oh, there's been a day man. where you just... You hear of people man? like pissing in a jug. Have you heard of that? Where they're yeah. so lazy, they won't stop playing video games. They just piss in a jug. I don't even understand that life. That's I'm a, trying That's to. male. I think it's. I think males are more prone to... I've met some lazy-ass females. Oh, lazy ass females I used too. to get regular delivery from... Again, it's fucking soup. From a soup place in Chicago that was a block from my apartment. Like I would pay the seven dollars. I, I think we've all outside. done that at some point, haven't we? Just I, you're like, yeah, I'm gonna I, be extravagant. I, I have ordered and generally there's alcohol involved, but there if you post <laughs> anyone post mating things that makes less than two hundred thousand dollars a year, you're wasting your money. You should not be post mating anything unless they want to sponsor the show. <laughs> but you should it is a it's it's a it's a lazy it's a tax on the horribly lazy. No, but the, the re, there's a market for it clearly. I mean, that Postmates exists because we, of course. they absolutely were like it, you could see the pitch to the bank. Like, all right, here's the thing: Americans lazy as fuck. Right. The profit margins ridiculous. Right. Let's go ahead and jump in on that. No, I've done that. I've I presently live about. Maybe eleven hundred feet from a pizza place. Uh-huh. Delivery every time. Here's oh, the thing, though. I, oh, baby, we gotta talk about that. It's bad. It's I will bad. defend that. There's like a weird social component to Postmates too, because they it, they deliver from restaurants where they don't necessarily like intuitively have carry out right. right. So if it's a place where everyone else is sitting down, doesn't it feel weird to walk in and be like, oh no, I just want to order some carry out and then sort of stand awkwardly by the bar. Like, I just get Postmates. <laughs> some other motherfucker has to do that and I just yes. get to sit on my couch and it yeah. just shows up. Man, and that's the thing too. There's the gramophone here in town has uh, received my Postmates business more times than I cared. How admit. far are they from your where you live? 
couple miles, maybe. So a total I mean, of maybe yeah. six, t- seven minutes tops. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I could get there <laughs> easy. But usually, you know, you're inebriated and then it's like, oh, I can't drive to go get it. And then instructing, here's where you feel the worst. Whenever you instruct to like, make sure I get red hot ripples <laughs> with it. That's oh, the worst. Yeah. And th- not that is. I so. think we need an intervention. And it's like we could have, and I could have, it doesn't do happen we, much. How but. do we fix this? Hey, shit, the well, fix is called America. Then if you don't like it, move your lazy asses to Canada. There's a, there's a keypad on the front door to my building, and on my Postmates instructions, I put the number for the keypad so I don't even have to go downstairs. Jeez. Like, oh, like, yeah, like I get to knock on the door. Oh, gosh, you gosh, all, gosh. what is going on? This is bad. We well, have a problem. We need to go for a walk around the park after this. Well, we're not married. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're not married. Otherwise, we'll send our wives to go do it. Oh, that's what they're wow. supposed to do. And that Jada, right? oh, Jada, boy, step up! I don't, might, don't let that feminist I in you uh... set you all on fire for that. <laughs> so, one. are we gonna get? So, as you become more comfortable and become more regular voice on this podcast and and everything that we're doing, are we gonna see you standing up for kind of what burns inside of you when Travis makes comments like that? Um. I'm always graceful about that. Ooh. Are you? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I think I think everyone has a right to their opinion. They can say whatever they want. If it's and and two, I like the yes and approach. That's to a certain honestly extent. business, right? Uh, broadcasting life. Everybody should either say, understand the fun. concept of yes and yeah. or take like a month's worth of improv classes, totally. like one or the other. Totally. I'm I'm now in level two. I'm about to go to three, but it's awesome. And I don't I remember signing off on that. No, I, don't I oh, you don't own me yet. Sounds like Scientology. <laughs> oh, you don't. You didn't. You didn't. You didn't, you didn't read the fine print on that uh, <laughs> that agreement we had just signed. That's fascinating, though. But you say you take a a classy approach. Mm-hmm. What does that specifically mean? Because I would imagine there are many of issues that are hot button for you. That while naturally you do your best, maybe not to make it personally. That. Will hit home. Mm. I think um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg said it best. Of course, Ruth Bader. Of course. Listen to what I'm going to say, though. Let me let me say, you cannot persuade when angry. So if you're saying things I disagree with, I'm not going to get angry about it. We can just talk about it, and slowly, 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 you may see a different way of seeing it. You can agree with it. You don't have to. I don't really care. But there's, I, I just like offering perspective. Is it often in those type of conversations, and I'm curious to even get Jeff's and Chris opinion on this matter as well, Jada, but uh, is it the objective to persuade? Or it, oftentimes you'll find yourself, and obviously certainly in maybe social media arguments you'll mm-hmm. get this, but you know that folks aren't necessarily engaged in the debate to discuss or even look to be persuaded. So knowing that folks come into conversations with that type of mindset, Mm -hmm. then how do you react? You just don't. (laughs) Because if they're right, they're right, they're right. I'm not going to change their mind. And that's the thing too. Yeah. Um, So many people are from a spot of bad faith where either they have like an economic incentive mm -hmm. to be full of shit or they have so actively tried to limit their scope of things that there's no way to ex- like people have people have long ago drawn a line that says I will not look outside of this box and they will resist violently attempts to pull them out of it right and in those totally. cases I just it's just not worth the energy like I got too much shit to do I got I, and I have nothing to do and I have too much shit to do <laughs> yeah. to do no, this stuff. Well, you just don't to waste it. your fucking time doing that I can think of a million things that I'd rather do than persuade someone to see something the way I see it I can give you my perspective. But I don't need an agreement. <laughs> yeah, I don't need an I, agreement. I, it's kind of a weird thing that you would feel that you would need to. 
Right. That's, no, you guys. Tell me I'm right. And you guys articulated it very beautifully. I have to admit. Thanks, I have baby. to acknowledge that. With that being said, fuck that shit. <laughs> Motherfucker, fuck you. I gotta let you know, man, fuck oh. you. Fuck your mama. Oh. Fuck that bullshit. Don't oh. be bringing that bullshit in my house, oh. man. You suck my dick. Whoa. And that's why I feel like I have to convey that on social media. <laughs> I think it's important for me to get that out there because if they don't, if I don't say it, they don't know. So if I'm not telling them, hey, man, suck my dick, they may think, does he want me to suck his dick? Do I need to suck his dick? Mm-hmm. I don't know how to go forward in this conversation or this interaction. So I like to remind people they can go fuck themselves. Well, I like taking the Claire Underwood or the Frank Underwood approach okay. to telling people to go fuck themselves. Minus the murder. We're not even going to talk about I was that. Say, yeah, but they, I was going to say fucking the, the bodyguard. Also, they, or just glossing use, over the whole killing yeah, thing. Yeah, they use their intellect and their patience to tell people to go fuck themselves. And I think that is so much more valuable than me screaming and shouting. Um, or like all caps, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point, like you are wrong. I've gotten gotten into those debates and I'll acknowledge, I'm not going to sit up here and pretend that I haven't. I've I've engaged several times. Oh yeah. And it it has been an an emotional How does it end up though? You know what I mean? Like what happens when you engage? To a a degree, and I know a lot of people will be like, yeah, bullshit, Travis, but to a degree, it's, it's slightly therapeutic. Only in that... There are often times in what we do, especially on the radio or just engaging people in general, you have to put mm-hmm. you have to put on that graceful, classy front uh, in order to just go about your day or go about your business. Uh, but there are often times where I know that all right, I'm, I'm, I've reached my brink, mm-hmm. and I think what you're doing now is absolutely irresponsible and ignorant, totally. and I'm not going to idly sit by and just let you skate on that. And again, whether it changes their mind, whether it changes their behavior, I understand it's very unlikely. But for me, having to at least express that Short of obviously threatening violence, mm-hmm. uh, having to express that is, in, is I feel, at times necessary. Now, again, spending half your day doing it, obviously very reckless and irresponsible of you. But uh, there comes a moment where I would imagine that all of us, when we hear something that's absolutely ridiculous, where we feel like saying, hey, man. Fuck you. Mm-hmm. You know, a thing that is bad about me is that because I grew up an upper middle class straight white kid in the Midwest mm-hmm. and I feel like I managed to figure out shit and not be a total dick to people all of the time. Uh. I mean, not all of the time. <laughs> <laughs> I have no patience for people who are like, well, it's my environment. Like, fuck you. Like, I grew up in the most privileged sort of like intrinsically privileged environment. So right. I, I, I have no patience for people who want me to wait on them to figure it out. It's like, no. Like get there. Like if you're not there, then you're not going to get there, right? And that that probably is a flaw because not everyone comes to their I don't know awakening is a silly, but like come, comes to that place uh, at the same speed. But I have so little patience for people who are like my age or older who are like you know I'm starting to figure out like this gay thing's not so bad. Where the fuck have you been for twenty years, right? Like right. I mean, like you know, like that that's frustrating to me. Well, when I think sometimes when sometimes your words. And even your thinking manifests itself into action. That's when I become troubled. That's why I think when I have the conversation in regards to, say, something like police brutality, the reason why it hits home for me isn't just the conversation. It's that sometimes that method of thinking 
leads itself to action. So when you have a conversation, say, with someone who's on the law enforcement side that has a particular thinking about a group of people, it's one thing to have the conversation, but knowing that now they're going to take that conversation and manifest that into action, that's when I become worried because people will take the idea of what they think of a group of people and then they will act on that. That's when I think it's incredibly dangerous. That's when I think it's necessary to speak up because there is this idea, specifically in regards regards to the police brutality issue that a certain group of people behave a particular way. And because these group of people behave a particular way, they're going to be treated this particular way. And, by and the that's way, dangerous And because there are people who wear badges and walk around with guns who are embedded into that narrative, into that way of thinking that will go out and act on that. Hence why we end up in many of these cases. Oh, so totally. that's where I yeah. think where I... That's when I go, okay, it's one thing if we're talking about a Confederate statue, if it's nothing, we're talking about affirmative action. But mm-hmm. then when you get to the point where your your way of thinking and your behavior can ultimately lead to someone being hurt, that's when I think I got to grab a microphone. I have to take the forum because this could honestly lead to someone losing their life. And, and here's where the motives become so complicated, too, because down the line from that, somebody is selling a Blue Lives Matter bumper sticker and somebody else is selling advertising on a woke as fuck podcast. Mm-hmm. And so there are competing like economic incentives behind those attitudes yes, very that much. makes it so hard to determine like genuineness in people. That's a good point. That's a very good point. Hmm. Good times, everybody. That's what you got to do. It's all about just being able to understand where somebody else is coming from or at least tap into, I don't want to kill you. You know what I mean? Well, you, like what? Now you're being a little bit diplomatic, but there have been moments where someone, and even whether it be a conversation on the radio or just interaction with someone every day, where you have, where I've even had to look over to Chris and I go, somebody warm up the car because the police are going to have to show up because Chris Demon is about to be on full tilt because what this guy just said <laughs> is going to send him over. Now, no, and anytime been, somebody just like takes a disrespectful for no reason route or whatever Which happens i mean a lot. that's <laughs> it can happen for sure <laughs> now i don't understand the um you can be curt mean loud whatever but yeah if you start taking that that route of uh where it just doesn't make sense and you're just trying to maybe demean or come down on somebody or uh, be negative that sets off the old sensors and i can't really uh right. yeah it, it's it's a pain in the ass like the debate i'm totally happy with healthy debates about all of these things it's right. the name calling that i can't handle as soon as someone starts calling a name in the midst of any kind of discussion Fair. whether it's um like equal rights um racism any of those things as soon as you make it personal that's when i'm done right i quit I'm like this isn't this isn't the even about aspect, this isn't about the entity outside of ourselves. This right. is about you have some shit that you need to work out, <laughs> right. and I'm not here to be on the receiving end of your bullshit. Right. Period. Go figure it out. Go write in your journal. Write a poem. Send it to me. I'll edit it. I'll send it back to you, you and then maybe we can have a discussion. No, I think that, I mean, that's a good point if as far as when you're trying to persuade someone not to do it angry. I absolutely understand that. No, that makes a ton of sense. I I just, uh, learning also to disengage also. Mm -hmm. And And that takes, I think, experience. That takes... Having your uh, ass kicked. Oh, no. oh yeah. It I takes think, getting I really, angry I wish, and yelling about it. <laughs> oh, I you wish know, it is all I the time. Do, I really time, do. I think it's bullshit that a little kid can get arrested for getting into a fight on the playground. Sometimes you got to solve it that way. And it, it, as long as nobody, I'm not wanting little kids to get broken orbitals and messed up faces and everything. Couple, couple little boys, little girls get into a little scrap. Sometimes we are. Uh, 
closer to animals than we realize, and it kind of solves things. And then what happens? Well, okay, I didn't really mean it. You know, it manifests itself in that way. I really think it's bullshit that a lot of times you take away maybe something that's ingrained in us deeper than right. we realize. That's real. And I'm not saying I'm not saying that you need to go. I'm not even saying like. 20-year-olds should be duking it out. But a couple 16-year-old boys get into a fist fight in school, eh, it's going to happen. I think it's it's one of those things that maybe we're trying to be a little too advanced for what our bodies and uh, mindsets are like. And again, not advocating people just kicking the living shit out of each other. But I don't know. Sometimes you know you but, need you need a little of that. There's a talking, lesson in being hit. But you're oh talking. Oh my god! But you're talking in terms of like okay, like you have clearly caught like crossed a personal boundary, mm-hmm. and you are going to suffer the repercussions for it because you have pushed this other child way too far. Right. So we're more talking about in terms of bullying, right? Is that what we're talking about? I'm or saying two terms- normal kids that just have a dumb argument and they get into it and they throw down. That's somewhat. I would say that's. So like Somewhat you're, healthy. You're in high school, right? You're sitting in class. Your backpack is kind of like a little bit out from underneath your chair. Dude who you kind of like, I don't know, like you dated the same girl three years ago. He walks past your backpack and kicks it. Mm-hmm. What the fuck, man? It's my backpack. And all of a sudden you're shoving and there's a hit there. Like that shit seems really stupid, but there is maybe, I think Chris's point is that there's a line there in learning how to A, de-escalate and B, the value of de-escalating because it fucking hurts to get punched in the nose over stupid shit. I, so when, I, can, when I have a shitty argument or a, a male, specifically a male, I don't view, and this is weird because I don't view females like this. It, it, it's a, it's a if masculine I have a male, aggression yeah, thing. Yeah, if, if they talk to you and they're kind of trying to control you in an unnecessary way and they're talking down to you and they're, they're really uh, just kind of taking liberties with what's going on. And then you it clicks in my head. You've never been smashed in the face. Oh, like that there part. are there are real consequences to and again, not it has nothing to do with among men in my experience, there are true real life consequences to shouldering a guy, not getting out of someone's way, you catch somebody wrong. They're dire. You t- you get another grown man throw his elbow through your eye. You might have to take six months to recover. And that's this is like that's a reality. Well, we talked about this with um, women as well. Let's just like, balance it out. But yep. the fact, like, no, I can, don't know that you have the perspective that we need. No, no, but like, Jeff, the, tell me what you thought. The, the, here's we what are I think in Trump's America. America. Here's what I think about what women we are feel. in Trump's America. So, um, but like, where um, women are not used to being told no. Or like attractive women. We have talked about this. Like there's this thing about, and I I do agree. However, I am an attractive white female who has been told no. And I think that makes a huge difference in how I operate in life. Right? There's there's no crying when I hear a no. There's no crying. Like, no, we can't do this. No, I don't want to do this. So we talk about that. So I'm just trying to connect it because I think it's a a similar thing. Like, um, you need to get punched in the face to know your boundary because, like, if not, you may have a disrespect for people. And then the same thing, it's like, actually, with, like, females. Would you you just say shitty work could also substitute for this? Tell me. A humbling thing. If you've had to go dig ditches in 100 degree weather, or if you've had to go pick up trash at a restaurant, you don't just get to go wait the tables and everything. Maybe there is a male female equivalent where just some hard, humbling work. Could I also think labor work is the in. best for yeah. everybody. Or, or just shitty period. work or being shitty told work, what to do. Being a waiter or a waitress. Like one of the most humbling experiences I've had was I had to run a garden in the mountains 
and that was a year, two Damn years. Damn goats ruined Monday. But really? This is the wild but, There was so much fresh air. But like no, 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 no. It's true. No, but I came from Los Angeles where I was getting my ass kicked. And right. then I was like, oh my God, I got to get out of here. I was mm-hmm. supposed to stay there two months. I stayed two years. But nobody gave a shit that I was from LA. No one gave a shit that I was pretty. Nobody gave a shit. They're like, oh, you have a garden to run. Go oh, figure it man. out. Get yeah. dirty. And I was like, oh my God. Like, this really doesn't matter. And I was being told no constantly. And I think that does affect um, the way in which a, 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 a typical, like, I don't know, the way we socialize women in the United States or maybe in the world. No, I, I, I certainly, and as far Girls as. Girls and women. No, and that's, and I think, I think you, those are very good points. I know growing up in the city of St. Louis, uh, one of the most dangerous cities, obviously, in some would say the world, mm-hmm. it, you immediately learned that. Uh, the importance, uh, that's a great word you used earlier, Jeff, of de-escalation as far as right. because for, again, for not only for survival, but also as you're, you're building who you are, like who you are, your word, what you're about, your actions speak a lot right. in the streets. So right. if you, you can't be the guy that's just always running your mouth, right? right? Because yep. at some point, someone, whether it be your own block or another block is going to go, all right, Jeff. I hear from around the way you like talking shit. Well, I want to see how far your shit talking is going to take you. Let's go. Totally. And what happens there, You in that moment, you have to decide, am I going to be that bitch-ass motherfucker that just talking shit? Or am I going to actually you know, put action to words? Totally. And ultimately, you have to decide then and there who you're going to be going forward. The, the big dudes don't talk shit. It's the little skinny dudes who can run are the people that talk shit. Right. Because and, they never have you, to stand and, up and for that constant theme, that. And that was the constant theme I noticed growing up in the city of St. Louis yeah. is that, oh, it's the guy that can pummel you through the wall that isn't saying much. Right. It's the guy that you don't see coming that can kick your ass through the wall so you start to take uh, you start to develop an approach about right. how you engage people and I think to Chris's point like it's you're getting hit in the face the idea of when you're in that situation when you have a crowd of people around and it's just you and that person uh-huh. and no more sentences no more pronouns and adjectives and all that bullshit talk it's just you and that person you begin to realize like oh this is a lonely space right. this is a very and intimidating ouch. space and ouch, ouch. oh well, wow we- that punch to the face eh, well and let me let me ask you this do you ever find yourself out like this happens to me a lot at a ball game or at the mall maybe yeah. where you see a group of people like usually it is 12 to 15 year old white dudes mm-hmm. in vineyard vines t-shirts yeah. and you look at them and you're like these dudes need to get fucking hit like i'm an adult so i go to prison when that happens right but right. like I, maybe i'm a bad person but i find myself being like I hope someone punches them, right? Like, because these are people who, from my perception of them at least, have probably never been in that spot oh, in their yeah. lives. Yeah. Yeah. Feel that. Yeah, and then like, it turns out well, it's the uh, it's the West County kickboxing team, right. and you fuck up, and you <laughs> get your <laughs> right. You guys need punch. They're like, we like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's 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 think about what is the like what is the lady equivalent to that? Like, what does that look like? What does that scenario look like for women? Because oh, just, I don't know. I'm trying about, to about, uh, yeah, I'm just any time uh, someone doesn't appreciate because whenever you get thrown into it, and then. Um, maybe you react emotionally incorrectly to being told no mm. or to, to 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 basically fitting into whatever system you're trying to fit into because it's never been like that for you. And all of a sudden, this person's not trying to fuck you, so you're not going to get these unbelievable niceties. Like, 
it's very funny. Yeah, oh, and that's I'm, what, oh my gosh, and, okay, and I can think, see so that. You'll come along think about, you'll see like, okay, Travis, group, yeah. if you're walking towards a door, you wouldn't be put off if somebody just let the door shut in front of you. Whereas a girl would be like, um, no one held the door open. Like right. maybe that's happened their whole okay, life. Okay, so that's situation. So, and then it escalates. Okay, so uh, what I'm do you a, mean? I can't have a brand new Ferrari. So yeah. one of the people closest to me, and then a person that he was close to. I'm not going to use names for this. But um, like, be sure to alienate. <laughs> the the she was expecting him to behave like her boyfriend. So she would at, make mm. requests and mm, demands mm, mm. and commands and then the person close to me was like, no, I'm not doing any of that. And it turned into a big thing. It was like, well, why won't you do what I say? Why won't you do what I say? And he's like, I'm not fucking you. Like, I'm not your boyfriend. Right. And just because you have And even, why should you treat your, your boyfriend bug, like that too? Yeah. But that's yeah. exactly it. It was like, just because you have power over one doesn't mean you're going to have power over all. Exactly. And maybe mm-hmm. that's the confusion. No, And then my, my you know? worst, oh, I hate it so much. He's a dickhead. Oh, God. What but did he why? do? What did he do? He didn't, give like, me a, he didn't well, buy me he a didn't drink. He didn't say that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what? You can't call him that. Yeah. That's not I, fair. I do think the worst thing than that though is the toxic underside of the other part of the dude who fucking holds the door and buys the uh, drink and then feels uh, entitled where's that the guy just worse that's infuriating that hit a nail on the head because 16 year old me was that guy and I fucking hate myself at some point Jeff at some point and each guy and, and, and there's someone if there's a guy listening saying that he's never been that guy you're a lying motherfucker yeah, because you shit. have and someone just not called you out on your shit right. every guy at some point has been that guy and you're right it is very very toxic for guys who, oh man, I'm, I'm one of the good guys, man. I don't, you know, I don't know why I she's with that guy. Women. I love women. I, I respect women. them, man. You I'm a, are I a say goddess. yes, ma'am, and all a this. You a guy. I give her compliments. I, I, I like her likes on Instagram, and she never gets with me, man. Fuck these bitches. You know, like, that's Whoa. why I'm her best friend. How about that one? I'm her best why. friend. The answer is so Jada's question about what is the equivalent group of women. My answer is. There is not one because there is so much weird masculine societal pressure on like large groups of women. But there's always kind of like an overhanging. Somebody is trying to fuck you up all over the place. I have to tell you something. Jeff's trying to get pussy right now. It's not going to work. Hold on for a second. I love you. Oh, see what I mean? That's how it works, Chris. Yeah, it's been a nice little. Congratulations on your podcast. No, he's a keeper. He's a keeper. But that. But I think on the flip side, like people just do that to have needs met. They manipulate situations and they give when they do not. It's they're not giving. It's not genuine. Expecting not to receive. You know, it's not selfish selflessness. What does R and B artist genuine have to do with any of this? That's a good point. He's riding that pony. Did you just make that? We're, you're old. Uh, <laughs> no, Genuine was on Parks and Rec. That's a modern reference. Yeah, that's true. Well, that's a very good point. Oh, I, I think, and yeah, I don't understand. It, 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 it does, but it takes a level of maturity over time, essentially. And to that point, it's a matter of how or when we arrive. And fortunately for us, or at least we think so, at least fortunately for us, we arrive to it sooner than maybe most right. folks do. And a lot of guys, unfortunately, or girls for that matter, don't arrive at it at the same time we do. Right. So, and like I said, we can, and that's why I think sometimes we laugh when we, whether we bring in a comedian or a celebrity and we have a conversation with them or we just work with like-minded individuals, it's such a breath of fresh air when you do come across people who understand, oh yeah, you should treat people like human beings. You right. shouldn't just do things no because you want something in return. No matter what's between their legs, no exactly. matter who they love, well, just oh, wait kindness. A minute, oh, wait a minute. No, 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 no. I'll fall back on that. <laughs> 
this because at some point your hormones die out and you are just a husk of a person in this body that you have worn out over a lifetime. I'm not going to lie. So, but can I can I, I say that there have been times where I have, and I think everyone can speak to this. I'm very curious to hear Jada's on this one because I'm sure she's done it maybe with a guy before. But have you um, suddenly altered your principles or behavior because of the attractiveness of the opposite sex? Or someone that you We all have to like, a exactly, degree, like, probably. Like, like, somebody like, man, I will never do this. This is so much bullshit. Like, I would never take this type of behavior from anyone. And then someone with a mm-hmm. nice set and really pretty face <laughs> or, and a or nice do a person, like, I said, girl, I... Mm. Before, before I met Alex, um, I said that I was an aspiring spinster. Mm. That's what that was my claim to fame. I was like, I'm gonna be single forever. I love the single life. I love it. I love it. Now I'm living with them. Like, uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. totally. Attraction have change. I've, I've, I have altered my behavior. <laughs> and this is when this was shallow Travis college year, where there was uh, this girl just could not stand her. She was like, "You're so arrogant. You're so full of shit. <laughs> I can't stand you." And then, like one day at work, she wore like a V neck, mm. and I recognized, <laughs> like, holy moly. She She's got a packing a few. In my there. word, I didn't see that company. And I all of a sudden was like, "Hey, <laughs> you know what? You're right. George W. Bush has a point about Iraq. You, you were correct this entire time. There have he been definitely moments. doesn't have a cocaine addiction. <laughs> right. So there have been moments where I have on the spot, and I've called my own self out on. I was like, you. You, you son of a bitch. You little hound yeah. dog. You absolutely just flip. But again, needs must, right? Damn needs right. must. And Damn that right. is a sliding scale, by the way, I think as you get older. Because shit, when I was yes. like a kid, that I was like, this is a fucking firm red line. Mm. Now I'm a 30-year-old man, and I'm like, yeah, I get it. You're well, not that's happy with your husband. That's Same. not my fault. That's, I mean, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, like, I used to, like, you, I, you say these things, too, when you're growing. And then yeah. my dad imparted a little wisdom on me, too. He was like, at a certain point, you just won't be with anybody because people suck (laughs) and it's like, it's tough to make things happen. So like if you're going to get married, for example, at a certain point, if you're not going to get married, like you just won't because it's, it's way easier to live on your own. In my opinion, I I think it is because there's way more challenges and you have to take responsibility for your actions more. You have to step up and help somebody on your own or not living living on your own being in it. So if you say we're, we're all, I mean, we're all in our thirties and we're not married. Sometimes that's uh a bit of an outlier in the Midwest anyways. hundred percent, yes. So you see this happen where a lot of people are married when they're 25 and you're like, why the fuck would you do that? But as you get older, the concept of it kind of start like, ooh, why would I... I have to deal with somebody else's stuff well, too. The thing you got to be as responsible for all this stuff. You can't. You get called out more, which is a good thing. I but I'm saying that, it's a great. Yeah, it's a if great. If you're thing. there, if you're at that point, this, right. certainly. Like this is the thing that I love about the well, the relationship I'm in now is that. Well, we no let me no no, no I'm gonna tell you and this is what I think physicist. is great. He's not listening. No, he's fantastic. He's not listening to this. <laughs> but um, this, and, but this is for everyone. Like I am faced with someone who makes me better. I wouldn't be sitting here with all of you if I didn't have someone being like, "You're better than that. You're better than that. You're better than that." So yes, I think it is easier to be alone, but you can go faster doing things. But do you go further? Right? That's a good point. Like, do you point. go further? Do you push yourself beyond your no, own boundaries? No, you don't. Your I think ultimately we're made to probably have somebody else. 
Whether right. that's one or five people. Right. What are your thoughts on Polyamory that? Polyamory is real. Some people can do it. Some More people than that. A lot can of you, people can what, pull it off. I don't. I feel like you're like kind of a, you'd be a kooky aunt that'd be like, I have five husbands. <laughs> <laughs> I got a 58-year-old witch yesterday. Oh, I wow. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Carly. Like, it wouldn't surprise me if you're 58 years old. <laughs> With all your essential oils. A, a whole, no, never mind. Go ahead. No. Nope. Bring it, Jeff. Nope. <laughs> Look at him. <laughs> He's smart like, oh, boy. Nope. Hey, yeah. hey, hold on a second. I love Jeff. Yeah, get so a room smart. Too. <laughs> uh, man, what do we have going on? We got a comedy event at Joey B's on the landing on August 17th. Yeah, yes. Nathan Orton, Libby Higgins, Duke Taylor with our friend Yale Hollander opening the show. So we're excited about that. New partners of our morning radio show, uh, Joey B's. So you guys need to come out. If you're in the St. Louis area, check out a free night of comedy. All you got to do is show us that you download this show. So everybody hearing this, you got no excuses. Free comedy. <laughs> Shouldn't email us the screenshot. Just screenshot yeah. it. Prove. We Shouldn't hear from Duke you. Taylor look like Sam Elliott? Like he doesn't. But the name Duke Taylor. Oh right. He should he's look a, like Duke Sam Elliott. Taylor. I mean, he's the opposite. He's a thick black dude. Right. And uh, yeah, I think Duke Taylor would fit. Uh, hey there, how are you? I'm Duke Taylor. <laughs> right. Like one of those. Yeah. Opposite. Yeah. Okay, I can deal with that. What would your uh, What would your White dude name be that would throw people off. Tra- oh, Aside man. from Travis, I was I'm about to say. I, I was feel about like to say it's going to be Travis, itself. and then his real um, last name is the white name. If Travis was named like Chip Montgomery, <laughs> I, I would be Ooh, like, Chip hey, "What? Is, you? I, don't, I honest to God, and I would love to talk to the folks at the U.S. Census. I'm going out on a limb and say there may be only two black people in America named Chip. Okay, did you my know? Uncle, that? My uncle is a chiropractor in Grand City, and. His name is Chip. Is he black? <laughs> I'm gonna say that would be Dude, one no. hell of a development. I just, but you're right. I don't no. know anyone named Chip. <laughs> but no, I don't think there like any, it's dudes, named, dudes named Chip are almost never actually named Chip. They're legacy names. It's yeah, like a junior or a the third. Lawrence. Yeah. I did not know that until I was like a way too grown person to have known that. Oh yeah, yeah. Uncle Chip is Charles Edward King Jr. Mm, yeah, I think <laughs> if I had a white name, it would be uh, Richard Wallace. <laughs> Dick Wallace Dick because Wallace? you're Scottish that's, that's, that's and you were in Brave. See, yeah. Richard Wallace still sounds black to me. Yeah, yeah it does. Uh, Wallace it sounds like Wallace. George Wallace. It sounds uh, like George Wallace. Wallace. He owes me twenty dollars, uh, man. Damn. Now when you say it like that, you're yeah. exactly right. I don't know. I'm also I'm I'm floored when I see a white man named Jerome. Yeah, I think that's, that's a, that that makes my day. I think the I don't know what they do. I don't know their political beliefs, where they stand socially, but I feel like we should be friends when I know it. a white guy named Jerome. I would I also know. go with white guys named Willie. We have a white dude uh, buddy that's named Cedric. See, that's not as bad. You don't think so? I don't think that's as bad. I don't think that's bad because there was a Cedric at my junior high and he was white. So my association with that is I guess it's biblical. I don't know. We always joked, Travis, didn't we? We were like, whenever he would show up to meet girls' parents, they would go, (laughs) oh, Oh, thank God. You're Cedric. (laughs) We were nervous. No, the same thing. So Jada. In high school, right. Jada Pinkett Smith was a thing. Uh-huh. We would be like, all right, we're going to a party in Edwardsville. Who's with you? Tiffany, Ashley, Jennifer, Jada, <laughs> Jada. Jada, yeah. hold on. They're like, no, no, don't worry. She's white. Like, like, oh, oh no, don't, don't worry. worry. Yeah. <laughs> but that white. was a thing. And I didn't understand it until... You know, way later, I'm like, why? What does it even matter? I don't get it. Real, and then it mattered. I, real in talk, Collinsville, real Illinois, talk it mattered. Until I met Jada yesterday morning, I assumed she was black. 100% real talk. Everyone really? always does. Yeah. Because the name. I'm yeah. trying to see. What about, is, is Kyle a white? White? That's what I mean. Would Kyle be an immediately white name? I, have no, I know a, a few guys named black guys named. <laughs> Names Kyle. that end in Aiden are all white. 
Aiden. Now Aiden. Hayden. Now Aiden's Hay- not- Aiden. Hayden. Jaden. Caden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aiden. You not mean the brother named Aiden. Yeah. You well, ain't no, mean the brother named Aiden. Jaden. Jaden Smith. Smith. There we J- go. He's- After a J dog. Hey, 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 Chris. Right? Chris. 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 Jaden Schwartz. Whoa, hockey, hockey Yeah. I and, got no, I was gonna say Wayne. I was gonna say Wayne, but we know black guys' name. We know a black oh, guys. Yeah, yeah, Wayne. Dad, 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 so I don't dad. know. Wayne, oh, Wayne, to me, almost goes Hispanic because Wayne Fontes. Like I had developed all these really <laughs> early Sam. associations with names. Cut his mic. Wait, hold on, hold on. Let's all decide on each other's names. Where the origin of the name, full name. Say it, Travis. Your full name. Oh, my full name? Yeah. What is the full oh, name? Oh, God. I How really many middle names do you down. have? I really hope we don't get any <laughs> downloads for this one. I am Travis Terrell Gregory. Oh, okay. Go ahead, Jeff. Jeffrey Michael Jones. Oh, you're so oh, that's white. A, that's a white so ass. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, that's a white ass name, you, You're going to be surprised. You should be an R&B singer, honestly. You're going to be surprised. Why? I am named after Michael Jordan. Wow. He's Michael, Michael, Michael Jeffrey. Jones. He is Michael Jeffrey. I kind of love that. Jay I Wilkes, love that. What a lot. do you got? Okay, ready? That's hilarious. Is that real? That's real. That's hilarious. That's awesome, by the That's way. Awesome. That's awesome. It really is. <laughs> and look how I turned out. Yeah, pretty close. <laughs> Hodor. Jump man, jump man. Hodor. <laughs> um, Jada Talleen Foster. Yeah, that's why she wanted to do this. Yeah, she's like, Jada I got a really weird middle name. <laughs> like, I don't want to be an asshole. <laughs> no, 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 but, but the, my middle name is Armenian. Right? Oh, grew up in the a last commune. name is did. British. And you're from Granite City? Or my first name. But that's the thing. I was like, Mama, but she's like, yeah, oh, we're boy. French, German, and Irish. I was like, like did you're oh, weed? Okay. Was but it was going to be Jennifer Connie. <laughs> oh, I think you would have been better, Jennifer. I would have been so Would have taken some of the heat off that attitude. <laughs> what about you? No. What have you got? Christopher Ryan. Denver. Oh, yeah, that's white. Yeah, that's why Chris, the, the Ryan is where you go. He's milk and honey, mama. Yeah, you, and you should run for office. Like that would be like Christopher Ryan for Congress. <laughs> Christopher Ryan Denman. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you'd have to bump the last name though. He would have to be Christopher Ryan, like because that fits better on the campaign poster. And okay. if I'm not mistaken, I think it's Michael Dickhead Gaines. Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah. uh, have you all ever sense. been embarrassed of your name? Like, did you change your name when you were younger? Every little kid does that. To yeah. what? Little to dumbasses. what? To what? I would be like, oh, I, I wish my, my name was Brian. You little imaginative motherfucker. Oh. No, that's a good mind. And I was embarrassed for my name. And I'm almost deathly embarrassed to tell people that this was the name I gave myself when I was in elementary school. Bring it. Mario. (laughs) I loved Mario Brothers so much. I did. And I was like, that's a great name. I should be be named Mario, Mom. My name should be Mario. Won't won't be calling you anything besides Mario. What an embarrassing name. Yeah, I'm with Jeff on this. And I want to go back to when I was younger and slap the shit out of me sometimes. Get it together. What the fuck? (laughs) What was your imaginary? And you brought it up. What was yours? No, I I don't think I had. Hers was like Nicole Lynn. Yeah. (laughs) She went right to the middle of the lane. Sarah. Uh, yeah. I Chris, did you have one? Sarah. I think I would say like uh, my middle name's Ryan, but I'd like to go by Brian or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand. Why. You know what? Knowing Chris for as long as I've had, he was probably uh, deathly serious yeah. about yeah, that Brian. Sure. He's like, no, bro, bro, bro. I said Brian. Right. That's what I said. <laughs> Not like my middle name. <laughs> I did, however, I faked an eye exam so that I could have fake glasses like my best friend. I did do that. Why one. do little kids want glasses? I would I want glasses. They're same. so cute. Or like yeah, crutches. I, like, I wish I could I have braces, that. crutches, and I glasses. My, I remember my doctor calling me. I was like, listen here, motherfucker. <laughs> 
your mama. Who would look like my best friend? Right, your mama gonna come in here and slap the shit out of my mouth. I have to tell she got to buy two hundred dollars for some damn glasses. Totally. Look at this damn wall yeah. and get some damn sense right. before your mama slap the shit out of you. Wait, and is I, that what your optometrist said to you? No, my optometrist said she was like, I know you fucking I bullshit. <laughs> I know you full of shit right now. You didn't done this test your entire life. Now you turn eleven, you about to go off to junior high. You want to yeah. look like the cool kid and get some goddamn glasses. Look at this thing like you've been looking at it for the last eight years of your damn life. And fucking no, yeah, yeah, no. My mine doctor called like, me out. My, oh, like old Jewish white man knew it immediately. He oh, knew, yeah. He, he called. That's I nice love him. I love him to this day. We still even keep in touch. But he goes. I, look, your mama works at a hospital. She, she'll see my ass around and she'll be looking at me for spending 200 damn dollars. No, you read this chart right. And I was like, yes, sir. Yes, Dr. Epstein. Mine was a white Christian um, conservative. And he's like, you want glasses? Fine, $150. Nice. And my yeah. grandma's like, you sure you want glasses? You sure? And I was like, but grandma, I can't see. She's like, you could see. Uh-huh. But I got the glasses and I went and I couldn't wear them because they hurt my eyes. <laughs> I, had a weird, I had a weird thing a couple weeks ago where I, I got, so when I had my braces, I got them done at SLU and their program was like, they have student orthodontists and then there's kind of an overseeing doctor that kind of goes from station to station. It's like, don't fuck that up. Uh-huh. Uh, and the guy who was my <laughs> who was my overseeing guy was an old- Don't gr- loop his tongue in. Yeah, basically. <laughs> but his name was Dr. Soderopoulos, like just a, like nice. the Greekest, oldest yeah. dude in the world, like reeked like pipe smoke, the thick ass Coke bottle glasses. Uh, but I saw that he had died like a couple weeks ago. Like I was just like browsing through obituaries and shit because I, I do that. Anybody else do that? I browse obituaries no, and if I recognize we don't last do names. That. I want to yes totally and that. that. I just can't. <laughs> I, because every once in a while I see one and I'm like, oh shit, that's somebody I knew's dad that I should like Aww. pop in and be like, oh hey, sorry about that. Well, that's sweet. Uh, yeah, but no, it was weird. It was like, oh man, like. I knew this guy and I was a kid and now I'm fucking old and like he like he was like 92 or something right I was like oh yeah you were old like I get right. that well on that note of death let's end the show yeah kill, kill it. the show kill it Sam kill it. <laughs> this is hey, we are live that's right uh, enjoy I guess we're gonna do this. enjoy Hal Sparks big thanks to, to uh, Hal for coming in and uh, do me a favor check out Presence Float Center promo code WAL thanks to Sam and everybody here at Shock City and uh, if you don't already subscribe to our morning show's podcast, St. Louis Live. Check it out. Enjoy House Park. Bye. We are live. Live we are. Chris Denman. I'm Emmanuel Lewis. You're going with that today. <laughs> Jada's here today. Hello, hello. What's up, Jada? Good to see you. You too. That's all the notable names in the room. Let's just get right into it. <laughs> Hal Sparks in Hi. town. What's <laughs> up, man? Thank you. It's uh, it's nice to be eclipsed by Emmanuel Lewis. I mean, I'm a big fan of your work. <laughs> Thank you. And right. we're the exact same height, so it's great. Usually we don't tour at the same time. He still has more hair than me, though. That's right. Well, <laughs> It's, it's nice to be able to jump in and see a the fellow Lord celebrity. And the Lord take it away. <laughs> Very I think there's true. a balancing act going on there. <laughs> it really I is. think the roughest thing would be to be that, like, a, a, like in kind of almost childlike physical mode your entire life yes. and lose your hair. <laughs> That's exactly. tough because people are going to double weird eye you. Yeah, at least yeah. Billy Barty looked like a an old man his whole life. It's a great pull. I mean, like, it's just... I, yeah, it, Billy Barty's a... We bring it up on, all the time on the show. Yeah, right. <laughs> we yeah. got Al Sparks. He's in... You're at Helium all weekend long. That's right. I'll forget that's right. Tonight, and then I'll get yelled at Saturday, if I don't talk about it. Uh, one show tonight, two tomorrow, two Saturday, 
follow me on Twitter and all the dates will. Oh, that's a, and check out your documentary about yourself. That's in the, right. In the, yeah, the, we talked about out. this before uh, we we started uh, taping this. But I I've decided just walking in here that all the pictures and video that have been taken of me <laughs> doing press or any other stuff or just walking around with strangers, or whatever, right. is in and of itself documentary footage. <laughs> I agree. Equal to a, a, a Ken Burns documentary. I mean, Close. that guy's done more with crap photos oh from God. the still photos from the 30s. He's managed to do an entire documentary. Right. For Christ, I should be able Look to do... what he's got for you. I know. Right. Ken Burns has been following me for weeks and I couldn't figure out why. Just snapping pictures me. baseball yeah, randomly. So he, can, yeah. so he can cut me out and create a false background behind me right. and then create artificial distancing between yes. the two of them. It's a beautiful well, art form. That's how you do it. Uh, Ken Burns effect. <laughs> I'm going to call it... Uh, oh, that's is that my, a method? That's my, my docu- yeah, it's, it's literally named after him. You can... Yeah. In, in iMovie, it's called the Ken Burns effect. Like, I didn't you, realize yeah, that. It's, it now, uh, yeah, we're Which getting is just t- big, basically track a photo. It's that cheap. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, honestly, it's been something that's been around since the mid '80s, like <laughs> a, a newsreel stuff. When you have a victim. And the crime isn't that exciting. Right. <laughs> what they do is they start on a wide of the picture, and then they would slowly creep in on your face right. as they tell the story of how you ended. And maybe, <laughs> maybe that's why we're that's not so familiar with it. In yeah. St. Louis, they're all interesting. That's as far, right. As yeah, far that's as the, the crime goes, the good thing about St. Louis yes, crime, the great oh, thing, yeah. is that it, you know it is deserving of a national spotlight because <laughs> it's just there's enough detail. It's meaty. No, yes. it is. It's got to the point where uh, there was announced earlier this year that the first 48 was going to film in St. Louis, and everyone's immediate reaction was like. Well, it's about time. Yeah, Jim's right. Glad yeah. you guys made it around they here. Haven't been. Right. I don't understand. Right. Right. Took us so long. We in St. Louis, we live forty-eight hours right. at a time. Yes. We made it in the week. Literally in two uh, in two-day increments. General lifespan. So yeah. you're already getting Unlike Arkansas, where you live in. How long does it take before uh, between a person goes missing and they're presumed dead? That's, oh, the, that's the Arkansas yeah. window. Oh, he'll be all right. Kids <laughs> and waitresses, whatever it is on crim. Mind right. for four yeah. days. We thought he was out on the trail. That's right. <laughs> it's like it's not really working. You are so we're getting into Ken Burns stuff. We're yeah. getting technical. So obviously mm-hmm. you have, you have TV, mm-hmm. movies, all of the the different things. But you're also super in. You do a radio show still, yep. correct? Yeah, that's right. You're in here dorking out over all the equipment already. I love it, man. Yeah. We well, gotta, I, I have a studio in my home that I do my radio show from. My right. sure. my, the, my home station's in Chicago. It's where I'm from originally. I live mm-hmm. in LA, and so. Uh, to do my weekly, I do a weekly political talk show every Saturday, and I my one of my buddies from high school who I was in my first band with is on the show with me. I brought him in to be my AV guy, and he does uh, audio for the show and right. Right. stuff for Which us. is funny, too, because it's when awesome. you were growing up, you're probably like, we're going to do a radio show together when we grow up, and usually that doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah. Nailed it. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've literally, that, I, I, my, literally, my 30th high school reunion is this fall. No really? yeah. And, What? Yeah. Do you look younger than everybody? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And, yeah. and I go right. I only go to show off right yeah. <laughs> but it's the same thing I did in high school so I like literally all the stuff I I talked shit about in high mm-hmm. school I was like I'm gonna do this and this I've done all of it and they're like you son of a bitch like, I, like, it's, it's a very odd experience yes. to um, because I, I, I the, last week I did a I I sang at the whiskey. We did this. Um, I do this thing at the whiskey a go go in L A on Sunset uh, about every Tuesday called the Ultimate Jam Night. It's just I've kind of fallen into it. I have friends who okay. do it and stuff. Sure. And it's all these musicians like session guys and guys who played on albums throughout the years roll through. Like two weeks ago, the lead singer of Toto came in with his horn section, <laughs> nice. three, three songs so with the jam band. It was yeah. awesome. <laughs> 
And and by the way, nailed it. Sound just like the record. And that's if you awesome. speak to the man, it you go. Well, of course, that's how he sings. Right. <laughs> yeah. Speaking voice sounds right. like that. Meet you all the way. Like that. <laughs> like he yeah, pretty much that. just. Yeah. Hello, yeah, girl. Yeah. That's, like, oh, that's how he talks in, right. in normal conversation. It's amazing. Can I get you? A cup, a cup of, of coffee. coffee. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, and like uh, Dee Snyder, who I've known for years from Twisted Sister, That's was there, awesome. and and Sebastian Bach came by, and like it's just wicked. And so, and I know these guys now on a first name basis. And does I that have, weird you out a little bit? It does. Yeah. It's freaking amazing. <laughs> right. And it's amazing because I said I would in high school, and I damn well That's did. <laughs> and it's and a lot of people say they would in high school, right? But I actually, you know, like. Over the years, I've ticked off like I've sung with Gladys Knight. I've sung with <laughs> Smokey insane. Robinson. I've you know I've like I, I've basically toured this entire country five times. Right. I've done every AIDS walk in the country twice. Right. I, like I, literally like the and so I go to my high school reunion and no one wants to talk to me. That was my oh, thing. I was like, so set the scene for that. So you go into your third like so set the scene because everyone's like, right, here comes that motherfucker house party. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you weren't so goddamn smug about it, pal. Well, no, it's just weird. That's the thing is like and now i almost because of queer as folk i uh, that put me in the pariah category with certain people mm -hmm. really yeah of course because i mean there's, there's bigots everywhere so just you deal and and being sequestered in that like oh that's kind of odd and is he gay blah 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 like right. all that secondary ancillary bigotry that uh, hounds you around that gets isolated especially people you grew up with right. people you're around I grew up in Kentucky went to high school in Chicago There's a lot of blue collar like yeah I don't know if that's the kind of show I'd like to watch <laughs> I appreciate you doing it I mean I think that's nice and everything right. what the hell to each their own house. yeah right yeah, yeah. so uh, you know and then and Kentucky I mean like my family lost my my parents lost friends because I was on that show like this wow. like it's a big which part really? of Kentucky were you in Peaks Mill it's outside of Frankfurt about 30 miles it's uh Serious, like one road, forty six people. Dry County, Appalachian. Uh, Murray's a dry county. Oh, that's okay. where I went Murray, to college. Mur oh, you went to Murray? I went to Murray State University. Did you ever go to Sparks Hall? I did. That building is named after my grandfather, oh Harry my Sparks. Gosh. My grandfather, Harry Sparks, was the president of Murray State University. Yeah, that's where I went to school. Uh, look, well, I tried it for the for two years. Yeah, well, and then I moved to LA. <laughs> yeah, I think that's wise. <laughs> uh, yeah, I literally grew up going to in the in the president's uh, house there for, wow. for years. Yeah. Um, um, and uh, anyway, so totally random. Totally. The, yeah. But that, I mean, obviously those environments are not. So for like t 10 years, mm -hmm. there was a window of like, all right, well, he went out and he did the Hollywood. Right. Not everybody's happy about what he's doing. <laughs> so so like, <laughs> right. you know, 20th or whatever, everybody was like, all right, well, we can let that slide or whatever. Like, oh, good to see his place. And then <laughs> now Lab Rats. Like all their kids watch me. Right. So they've all got 11 year olds and they're like, that son of a. <laughs> on in their living rooms all the time. The I'm on their reminder. <laughs> you can't escape. So we're, so we're buddies with uh, a guy who has uh, the School of Rock Nickelodeon TV show. Oh, yeah. Uh, Tony Cavallaro plays the Jack Black character, yeah. right? So, and he's a Groundlings guy. He went to West Point, all this stuff. Is it strange adapting your humor and your talents to a kid's show? Is that weird? So you did Fuller House. That could be construed as eh, adults I, are going to tune in for that I would argue that too. Lab Rats is more adult than Fuller House. Interesting. Mm, wow. Okay. And it's jokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm dead serious. Sure. I think our writers are from that '70s show. Ah, uh, nice. On on Lab Rats. Okay. There's more grown up jokes on Lab Rats. Okay. I think. Was there ever was it was there a need to adjust? 
for Kids Show at all, or mm-hmm. were the writers and the producer just simply like, just be house like just, just giving them the bank account info player? Yeah, right. <laughs> no, I, you know, the reality is is uh, a a kids sitcom now is an 80s adult sitcom. Mm. There's, like, literally the okay. audience. That's is, a great analogy. Yeah, From awesome. a morality okay. standpoint, or the, just the uh, From the, the timing and the, and the, and yeah. the mechanics. Because a, a sitcom is a musical without songs. Like, it's an exaggerated form of acting. Okay. The beats are very specific. You wait for the laugh. It's, a, it's seen as a live performance. Okay. As opposed to a you know one camera thing, and I come from much more of a one camera and and rhetorical art form right. in stand up. Stand up is like I'll wait for the laugh or whatever, but it's not about you. It's not no. about the audience. It's about the show I came there to give, sure. mm-hmm. and that's why I don't do crowd work because I don't I don't give a shit. I came here to do a show. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like right. the show is for everybody here, not just two people who you know I feel like picking right. on. I don't need to pay like. Oh crap! I need to fill fifteen minutes. I hope <laughs> right. somebody has weird hair. <laughs> what the fuck is that? So, uh, but but as you know, a sitcom is literally like instead of breaking into song, you know, you wait for their right. kind of, and so there's not. I've always been kind of prepped for that growing up. You know, I would say it's more my Billy Crystal style of acting mm. comes into play mm-hmm. on Lab Rats. Tweet that out. Uh, Hal Sparks says he is. Billy Crystal. That's because, right. Let's yeah, that's that going. going. Yeah, 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 in a comics line specifically, which is a stand-up special you can't find anymore. Um, and uh, you know, and sort of like the Steve Martin zone of stuff that I loved growing up, or whatever. Sure. Just very physical, very silly. And I, uh, here's the thing, I I miss silly, and I think mm. we. Uh, uh, I have like T-shirts that I sell when I'm, you know, and it says "comedy does not equal cool" on it because I think there's this really important thing when you're doing stand-up to remember you're not doing something cool. And you're you're, doing- you're at the high, you're at a higher level. You're headlining again. Mm-hmm. He's at Helium all weekend long, and you're based mm-hmm. in L.A. So you got comedy store, improv. Yeah, you can go down to. Laugh comedy Factory, and magic Ice stuff. House. Yeah, even, even right. all these places. So you can literally see A-list comics. That's fine. It's fine if uh, Louis C.K. wants to get a little preachy on something. He's earned it. Yeah. On a lower level, that you're probably you probably run into this a little bit. We see it with local comics at times, really trying to explore things and get too heady or too. And I'm not saying don't be smart. Right. But I do find that funny whenever people maybe take it a little. Uh, too, it's like, dude, you can't even like make it through eight minutes, right. Making people laugh, well, the, and, and you're you're on your high horse about it. it. You know, That's it, always that, funny. There's always this, you know, this thing like, what can't you talk about in your show, and you know, what what are off, uh, you know. Uh, as far as topics, what are the danger zones? What shouldn't you be able to joke about? Right. I literally joke about all of them in my act, and I've never walked an audience member because of it. And I, and I think and how long have you been doing stand up? Since I was seventeen. Okay, so old. we so we've got some time on our belt. Don't, yeah. you don't always have to go right into that no, if you're no. six months but, in. But it's I think it's really about the jokes. The, the it, think of jokes as like the scaffolding, and the heavier the joke concept the weight of that is whether you're talking about like uh like rape jokes often get talked about in that context um i was literally joking in the car on the way over that if you took away the words rape aids and retard uh, basically uh all of alternative comedy would collapse <laughs> because right. they don't have anything else that's it's, that's yeah. the pull the, that's the punch point on sure. everything it's, mm-hmm. it's the equi- modern equivalent of just saying fuck to get a, a, get, to get, a, a laugh. get a laugh right and so if you took those away, they'd be left without anything. But the idea is that you can talk about all, literally anything, as long as the scaffolding of your jokes is strong enough to hold up the topic. And the heavier mm-hmm. the topic, the more sound your scaffolding has to be. Right. The jokes have to be that funny and that original so that they can hold it up. If you do that, the audience will understand you don't mean anything hostile. You're trying to make a different point. Right. You're lo- offering an alternative viewpoint of something. 
you can get away with it. If you don't, it will collapse on you like a rock you're trying to hold up with toothpicks, and you right. deserve it. Sure. Right. You deserve it. Uh, how don't long don't walk it, that path. But how long did it take for you to get to that particular point? Because I would imagine, like I said, the even the the most uh, the, the the freshest comedian, it's going to take some time to be able to understand how to build that scaffolding that you speak of. Yeah, if they ever do, you know, some of okay. them just say screw it and don't bother, and they 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 float Blame on, the, on shot. the crowd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah whatever. Right. okay, okay. Um, I I literally used to perform in Chicago at a place called the Clout Club, which was a uh, like a political comedy club, right. like that Shelley Burns and Lenny Bruce would perform it, <laughs> right. you know, and yeah. I was, uh, before I was old enough to vote, I started, I did my first gig there when I was 16 years old. Right. And so I, I worked there off and on for two years before I was old enough to vote. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, literally everybody in the audience was, it was all cigar smoke and these big fat, like rich white dudes <laughs> who looked like the cover of the warrant, dirty, rotten, filthy, stinking rich. Perfect, yeah. They looked like a, the kingpin. Right. They all looked like a, kingpin. A, bull, a bullfrog in a suit. <laughs> That's right. Look, yeah. And then at the beginning, they're like, yes, little piece of uh, shit. Right. They'd open it. And then at, by the end, I was doing Reagan jokes in the 80s in front of these dudes. And they're at the end, you know what? Kid's got a point. <laughs> by the time I was done. And the, the point was, right. I learned in front of a hostile audience and I think there's value to that but you have to your responsibility is to make them laugh the problem is I like I've never blamed an audience in my life I've never walked mm. off stage and go yeah they weren't very they're a little tough tonight or whatever because it's not their fucking fault right. yeah. they That's worked all week they're tired they're exhausted whatever their deal is they came there to laugh right. it's my it's like a massage therapist going I can't do anything you're too tense right. <laughs> <laughs> you got too much tension I can't do anything with this like, get to rubbing motherfucker <laughs> I don't care. That's I perfect. came here for this. Yeah. And it's that's my job. That's my responsibility. Right. It's on me. And the idea is that you've come there to take that pressure off them. Mm-hmm. And and so you're providing a service. So it's never the audience's fault. You always have a responsibility to bring the best show you can. Right. And that's the end of it. And and I I mean, I grew up a KISS fan, so I always had this audience first kind of mentality. Sure. It's always been just grilled into me since I was I met Paul Stanley when I was 10 years old at Rupp Arena backstage. Get out of here. I was dressed as Paul Stanley. (laughs) Speaking of cigars. My dad's an architect. He worked across the hall from the the Kentucky Film Commission. And Kiss filmed all of their concerts forever. And you had to get a permit from the State Film Commission to do it in a lot of states. And Kentucky was one of those. But the guy who ran the Film Commission was an evangelical Christian, like early right-wing crazy guy, and believed Kiss was Knights in Satan service. So he wouldn't even allow the tickets in his office they oh, give you free wow. tickets to come down they're like he, he signed the permit because fuck it yeah but he wouldn't let the tickets enter his office wow. so they were in the little like mail slot thing just outside the door that they'd kind of you know That's plastic hilarious. thing ribbon and he he went sparks i know your kid likes that bullshit you can <laughs> you want to take him <laughs> so my mom took me to the show in her little macrame top of course. And, uh, <laughs> the tickets were okay, but she snuck us down to fourth row. Look at mom. Yeah. That's fantastic. And we had passes to go backstage. And Paul okay. and Gene both listened to me for like 10 minutes talk about, I think I was talking about Dress to Kill and wouldn't shut up about that album <laughs> at the time. And um, and I very distinctly remember that. Like they, like Paul pointed to me from stage. He was there. They, it, they didn't stop the show to talk to people in the audience, but they they identified, thanked the audience constantly and stuff. And so I like since I was 10 years old, I've always had this idea that like it's for them. They need this. This right. is, you know, you, you're coming into town, you leave, you'll get something out of it because you can't not. But it's about 
you're providing a service, especially comedy, especially right. these days. So how in these very, quote unquote, tense political times do you navigate those sensibilities? Because I would imagine mm-hmm. so in the 80s, that was one thing. But now in 2017, I don't know, maybe yeah. it's because I'm a little, maybe, quote unquote, younger. And it's easy for me to sit back and say, oh, now it's really highly politically well, charged. Well, Emmanuel, but- one of the things that <laughs> so we call a callback. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> the truth is, I don't know that the sensibility of anything, I, any jokes I've told in my life have changed over the course of my stand-up. Kind of always been the same. I think you can joke about anything as long as your intent is not to re-victimize anybody who's been harmed by it. As long oh. as you're, you know what I mean. And oh, that's yeah. the difference because okay. you can you can go well you you didn't mean to, but there's a big difference between not meaning to and not giving a shit. And you can't not give a shit. You can come okay. in, you can talk about okay. anything, mm-hmm. but you can't come in there with like slapdash, like I don't care who's hurt by this. I see. Because uh, unless the person that you're saying that about is in a position of strength and deserves to catch some hell, someone in authority, someone with strength, someone with riches, whatever, that protect them from normal stuff, you know, and um, there used to be. People think of uh, like the court jester is the most famous archetype of what a comedian is. Uh The court jester's job. Most people think he was there to entertain the court. He was not. He was there to keep the court alive. The king was an inbred, fucked up, like crazy person right, right. who would kill the useful people around him if you didn't come in and take the piss out of them. So the jester would come in. He would ridicule the whole court in front of the king. The king would think these guys are smart and they run the agricultural stuff and they this guy's the head of the you know my main judge or whatever right. but they're not better than me. This guy will come in and take the piss out of them and mm-hmm. I'll laugh at them and at their expense and there's no jokes about me so I must be in charge. And so you would placate that was his, a whole way to go. his inflated sense of self. I see. Okay. Absolutely. So and, yeah, oh, sorry, to keep ahead. him from murdering everybody right. who is useful. <laughs> Over there's not going to be any of that. You know, and America started as a democracy and now we're basically a, a nation of kings, you know, sitting in our easy chair thrones with a scepter in our hand pointing it at the television right. going off with his head, off with his head, off with his head, off with his head. Moving on. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it works. It's funny. It comes back full mm-hmm. circle. So, okay. So you're here at Helium yep. all weekend long doing stand-up. Uh, you've done, we know you from VH1, mm-hmm. Queer as Folk, all of these different things. What's been, I don't even know if, what's been the most, uh, is it comedy that gives you the ability to connect most with your fans and audience? Because it's, it's literally, it's right there. Or have you had a ton of people respond to you from being on a show like Queer as Folk? Or even the stuff from on E! And then VH1, people are very familiar with you. What brings people to come up and talk to you more? Um, or uh, fulfill you with... Uh, I don't know. Every, every actor, if they've been on anything for any length of time, We'll get the letter, and the letter is: um, my grandfather was dying, and we—I only got to hang out with him once a week, and we would watch this show together because he couldn't speak, and so we would sit there, and you know, this was our show. And the somebody on The Walking Dead has gotten that letter. Oh yeah, I'm dead absolutely. Here. Like every every show that exists, you're gonna get that. And I've been lucky enough to have so many very different things. Queer folk and lab rats could not be more different, right? Mm-hmm. In in some senses. Except for my wife on Lab Rats is black, and I have a son on the show who's black, and we're. Oh, uh, I didn't know that. I don't yeah. care for that. That's right. <laughs> we're, Wait a damn we're, that's right. Uh, and and to Disney's 
credit. We don't make a big deal out of it. We just are. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. And that existence of just are is really incredibly healthy yes, for people to see. Absolutely. And and so you have these like mixed race families of all sorts writing us letters and and saying stuff to us all the time about wow. this. That's extraordinary, and mm-hmm. it's it 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 sets them at ease just to watch the show together, and that's valuable. Almost more than making some sort of giant statement. And I have a tremendous respect for Pulp. Uh, that's one of the reasons why Dude Wears My Car. That's right. why, you know, do the shows that are nothing. Do the Anchormans. Do the stuff that people are like, oh, yeah, well, what will that matter in 10 years? It'll matter a lot because people right. just need to relax. And, and so... Queer as folk, I've obviously had people write me letters that they didn't kill themselves because of it. That mm-hmm. I, you know, I got, I, I became a Freemason uh, almost two years ago. Yeah, two years ago now. And I had a, a, a master of a lodge in Northern California write me a letter that he's gay and grew up in this uh, area of the country where it's not really accepted. And, and queer as folk was the thing that did it and just kind of welcoming me to, you know, the brotherhood and that right. kind of thing, yeah. which is really extraordinary on like really beautiful stationery, like right. this oh, really, wow. you know, from yeah. the lodge <laughs> itself. <laughs> right. And, uh, and so, and, and then in talk soup, I literally got, uh, Four or five times, I would get letters from people like my dad and I would just laugh every day, and my dad's dead now, and I have those memories and blah, blah, blah. So, and again, that's why it's about the audience. That's why it's about your show. That's why you bring every, there's no waiting in the fucking trailer to see who comes out last to show who's, you know, the big, wins the pissing contest on set. Mm -hmm. That's why there's, you don't keep the crew waiting. It's why you don't keep the audience waiting for a show. That's an excellent attitude. That's a very good point, Unless you're, unless you're Guns N' Roses, in which case it should be a shit show, start late. (laughs) It should be a riot. (laughs) That's the show I really want to see. That's what we're looking at. That's Uh, right. We've got to get Hal out of here. He's got a lot of work to do, but go see him. Helium Comedy Club here in St. Louis. Right. Shows all weekend long and then online too. And you're going to do, you're going to broadcast your show from somewhere in St. Louis Saturday. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Uh, yeah, 11 to 1. I think we're Central Time here, right? right? Yeah. So yeah, 11 to 1 out of WCPT in Chicago is my main station. But if you go to HalSparks.tv, I stream it on my uh, uh, my YouTube channel. Very cool. We're going to hook you up with a place to do that at. So awesome. Hal, thank you so much for coming thank by. You so much, man. I really thank appreciate you. it. Yeah, a, a, a treat. Wish we could go longer. Get out, see Hal at Helium Comedy Club all weekend long. Thanks a bunch, man. Love it, of course. Bye, Emmanuel. <laughs> We're now tuned in to the Free Play Media Podcast Network.